What's up, everybody? Welcome to Call to the Bullpen, presented by Capital Sports Media Network. From high school to the pros, CSMN is the Capital Region's home for everything sports. I'm your host, David Payne, and we have a very special New York Mets guest joining us today. Let's play ball. We got Justin Guerrero with us today. What's up, man? How are we doing? Good to see you. So Justin is a fellow Connecticut boy. Uh, we faced off plenty of times in high school, travel ball, uh, played each other in the state semifinal game at Dunkin' Donuts Park, actually. You had, you had a bomb in that game, didn't you? Yeah, that was a big highlight of my career at that point, hitting that home run. was some, I think I was the first high school home run in that park, I believe, because we were one of the first teams in high school to play there. So it was a pretty yeah. cool experience. That was such, such a cool game in general for, you know, those of us that don't get to go on and play pro ball to actually be in like a stadium like that. Uh, that was pretty sick. And yeah, I remember that home run that you hit and it was an absolute bomb. I was like, I was, cause I was DH. I was sitting in the dugout. I was holy. Yeah. And I remember you guys taking, taking it to us the rest of the game and going on winning your state championship and having a record season. So that was yeah, awesome for you guys. Was, that was just like a, a whole miracle season there. Nobody saw that coming. Absolutely not, but yeah. that was it was it was awesome. You guys got were able to pull that off, though. Yeah, yeah, that was that's like one of the the highlights of my baseball career for sure. Uh, but after high school, went on to Fairfield U. Uh, we could start there. You guys had a hell of a year this last year. You guys were making yeah. headlines for for quite a while. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a record season for us. We uh, we really had a a really good team, really good coaching staff, and everybody really cared about each other cared about winning and really it was working towards that common goal and we fell a little bit short in the the conference championship but mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't take away from what we did that year and we got the first at large bid in Fairfield baseball history went to Texas regional and and we really competed and showed the rest of the college baseball that we were good enough and that we were a notable team and we were forced to be reckoned with especially in the northeast yeah, that was a just in general an amazing year for Connecticut Division One college baseball. Oh, you guys, UConn, um, who, what else? Uh, Central. Central, all, yeah. Yeah, I mean Yale didn't have a season this year, so so they were out. But it was a great year for Connecticut teams going to the regionals. Uh, you guys had a crazy undefeated streak going at one point, didn't you? Yeah, I believe it was twenty eight and zero that we were on that unbeaten streak, and then we that we kind of saw it dwindling towards the end. We had a couple of close games and things went our way that helped us win a couple of close games, but mm. it kind of felt like it was coming to an end at some point because we weren't playing our best baseball at this point. And we ended up losing to a team that we were better than, but at that mm -hmm. given day, they, they showed up and they were ready to beat us. And that was what they did. So it was a, it was a good run, but we ended up not only losing one regular season game and then our second loss came I believe in the first round of the playoffs and then our our third loss came in that championship game. And then I think we went on to lose two games in the regional, but then we also had those two wins against Southern and um, Arizona state. So it was really, we got our first regional win as a program and it was kind of unforgettable season really. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the beauty of baseball, right? You could have a team that's on a, a 28 game win streak up against a team that's maybe not as good as them. Uh, but on any given day, any team can come out the winner in baseball. It's not like, you know, basketball where you put the Lakers up against the Hornets, you know, the nine out of 10 times the Lakers are going to come out on top uh, Absolutely. But in, in baseball, any given day, anybody can win. 
Um, Definitely. That, that's the best part about baseball is that yeah. no matter what happens, you always got to come out and play your best. And if you don't, then somebody's going to squeeze by you and um, yeah. and they're going to make sure, make it known that they, they showed up to play that day. Yeah, it's not like the the kind of game where one player like LeBron can completely influence, you know, the, the game and win a game for his team. Like you said, it's got to be, you know, a group of guys working towards a common goal, everybody showing up that day, everybody working hard. Uh, and, and we were just talking before we went on about just how well, baseball is such a beautiful game. Uh, and that's a real big part of it there is that no one individual person, you know, uh, you're got drafted by the Mets, Jacob DeGrom can go out there and throw, you know, eight shutout innings. But if the rest of the guys don't show up, it doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, the, they can't, can't give him some run support, then it's not going to matter. If he gives you eight shutout innings and yeah, if he gives up no runs, he's going to come out of that game and his bullpen's got to come in for him and do his job and guys got to score runs for him. So that's the beauty of the game that every, every side of the offense and defense really needs to do their jobs. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, playing against ASU. You hit a, a homer in that game, didn't you? Yeah, I, I believe it was a three-run home run that put us up by one or two runs, and uh, that score ended up being the final score of the game. So it was a pretty monumental um, experience for me, and that that home run was something that I really didn't comprehend at the time when I after I hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit it, and I knew it put us ahead, but I didn't really know it was that late in the game because it was such a competitive game and we was so back and forth all game so we were able to hold on and our pitching staff was great like they were the whole year and they shut the door for us and we were able to get ahead and that was the beauty of the game like you said when we talked about both sides doing their job and Mm -hmm. it was just uh it was a really great game and something i'm going to remember for the rest of my career and something that's going to go into fairfield history books have you gone back and like watched the video of it after yeah, I've gone back a plenty of times. I go through my Twitter feeds sometimes and look at a bunch of my reposts and it comes up all the time. And it's it's something that at the moment, like I said, I didn't really comprehend it. But now looking back on it, it was such a huge moment. And that was something that I really tried to take into pro ball is not letting the moment get too big and really just playing at where I am, be where my feet are and kind of just do my job at hand and not look, mm-hmm. look towards the future. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that's, again, that's the thing with, with baseball, you got to be there present, not thinking about the next at bat, not thinking about the last at bat, just where you are, you know, pitch by pitch. Uh, But talking about monumental home runs and big games for you, uh, you had a three home run game and and you did it at home too. So that must've been a, you made it even sweeter to do it on the home field in front of the home fans. Uh, Walk me through that game. Yeah, I believe it was, excuse me. It was the uh, opening game of the of the season, I believe. It was Fairfield against Canisius at home. Uh, we were at Alumni Diamond, and it um, kind of started off my – it wasn't the first game. Sorry, it was the first series. And um, I kind of started off the game with a home run to, uh, to center field, and I was feeling good. I played good the game before. Swing was really dialed in, and next at bat, Got a little jammed, was able to push it out and up into the wind, went over that right field fence for that second at bat. And then I believe it was the third at bat I had grounded out. And I was like, oh, I mean, that'd be really cool if I hit a third one. I was like, maybe I'll get a shot later in the game. And I believe we scored a bunch of runs that game. So I had four or five at bats. Um, and then that fourth at bat came and I got the pitch I wanted, I was looking for. And I knew as soon as I hit it, it was gone. That was kind of that like we talked about, I go through some of the pictures from me playing in Fairfield and there's that picture of me standing and watching that home run go. Mm. And it's one of my favorite pictures to this date. 
Yeah, I remember because I follow, you know, the Fairfield U baseball account on Twitter, kind of like following along and like just seeing the, you know, I saw the first home run pop up, saw the second home run pop up. And I, I like my jaw dropped when I saw the third one. I was like, no way. That's so cool. So, yeah, you know, it was uh, it, it was cool for me, too, because I, I think I got nominated for a couple of awards and I was on a uh, similar list as like Jack Leiter and, and players of his caliber. So it was really cool to be on a list similar to them. And and it's just a humbling experience, too, to really be on that same list and be compared to players of that caliber. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of that, do you have like a like a best pitcher that you faced this year, maybe? Is there anybody that stands out to you as like someone who was just nasty, had some dirty stuff? There, it's funny. Nobody, none of my opponents actually stick out to me, but a couple of my teammates that I faced on the Fairfield staff that when we were doing inter-squads before the season started, a couple of them stick out to me, like Trey McLaughlin. Like, he got mm-hmm. drafted by the Mets as well. Um, he's got really good stuff. And he throws pretty hard for a right-handed guy out of the Northeast. Um, and then also Mike Sansone, left-handed pitcher um, mm-hmm. from Cheshire, also goes to Fairfield. So both of them kind of stick out to me as just guys that knew how to get me out. And it was really a battle between me and them every time we got into, I got into the box and they stepped on the mound. Yeah, though, that's a fun part of doing inter squads, too, is like your guys know you and you kind of know them and you know they'll pitch to the things that you're not that good at. And that's a really good chance to like work on those things. Uh, but you mentioned Trey and what was that like? Both of you getting the call from the Mets? Did you know, did were you guys in contact shortly after that? Were you guys both expecting that beforehand? Like that must yeah, be super cool to get drafted with a teammate. Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty cool experience. I we weren't really in contact during that time because we were both playing summer ball. I was in mm-hmm. Newport and he was in Falmouth, I believe, in the Cape. And we hadn't really talked much. We communicated maybe once a month, once every couple of weeks. And I just get, we talked about updates and see how things were going. But he um, he had said that the Mets had he hadn't heard anything from the Mets because I told him that the Mets were interested in me, and he when he got drafted, he said he had no expectations of the Mets calling his name, um, but it ended up working out for him. I think some a similar scout saw both of us and kind of put both of our names on the list. And it was, uh, it was a cool experience really to hear his name get called and then hear my name get called four rounds later. Yeah, that's super awesome. I mean, I'm, I bet that, you know, the, the great team that you guys had this year really helped put you guys on the map. Um, so you said that you'd heard from the Mets before. Were you going into draft, you know, the, the couple of days of the draft? Were you expecting Mets or were there any other teams in the mix or what, what was going on with that? So my kind of whole draft process was kind of all over the place. I, I had been working with um, an advisor at the time and he was reaching out to some teams and trying to get some, some information. And he had relayed some information to me that's like, oh, there's a couple teams interested, nothing. We I haven't gotten any solid numbers. I haven't gotten any definites. He goes, but there's a couple teams you go look out for. And I think some of those teams were the Pirates, the Padres, um, and then the Mets. But the Mets were the ones that had been pretty adamant about sending me documents and having me fill out some forms and paperwork. So I, I felt m- most confident with the Mets. and. I had been, I had gotten a phone call the day before the draft saying, Hey, just stay by your phone the next couple of days. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, we're looking at you maybe day two, maybe day three, not too sure what, what it's going to be, but just be ready for a phone call. So I 
called my my coach at Newport and I said, hey, like I got a phone call from the Mets. They told me just hang out, um, be, be on my phone. I'm not going to be able to make the games because I just have to be ready. I got to be on the phone in case they get, make me an offer. He's completely understood. He was like, do what you have to do. Um, so I sat out the next three games. I was I actually got lucky two of them got rained out. So I only had to miss one of them. But uh, then they day two, day one went by. You saw Kumar Rocker go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, day two went by. Didn't hear my name get called. And a little disappointed, but I wasn't. That's I, I understood. I was like, okay, I'm a day three guy. I understand that I'm from Northeast. I'm not a top prospect. Mm-hmm. Fully understand. Day three came. Saw Trey's name go. Started seeing some other guys I know that got drafted. And I was like, man, I. I'm just as good as these guys. I mean, I, I think I deserve a chance. And I told myself before the draft, I was okay going back to school. But I think now after the fact, I was really adamant about going to the draft. And I would have been a little disappointed if my name wasn't called. So after I heard Trey's name called, I was like, all right, they're, they're looking at Fairfield. They know Fairfield's on the map. Mm-hmm. They, they know we exist. So 20th round came and it was funny the way it worked. I the group me message that we had with Fairfield baseball team, I had actually gotten a congratulation text from my catcher, my Caruso. And I was watching the live feed and I was watching the Twitter feed. And when I saw the congratulations text, I knew it had happened. And then I saw the Twitter feed and then I heard it on the TV. And so then my phone just absolutely blew up for the next 20, 20 minutes, half hour. I, I couldn't even go on my phone. So your catcher broke the news. My catcher broke the news to me. It, it just so happens he also was one of my best friends at Fairfield, and we always did extra work together and worked out. So it was nice that it was him that I had reached out and said congratulations. And he never That's actually awesome. said anything, but it was uh, I, I kind of inferred what was going on. And That's then it, awesome. it all kind of played out. So going into into the you know the school year, were you expecting like you know this is my year, at, you know, or, or were you just kind of all focused on the upcoming you know college season? Yeah, after missing out on my sophomore year because of COVID, it was I I, I didn't have a great start to that year for, through the first eleven games. I think I was batting low two hundreds. I had two home runs, a couple RBIs, so I really wasn't doing that well sophomore year so I really needed to rebound junior year if I wanted any sort of chance at playing um and that like like we talked about the three home run game that kind of set the tone for my year that was kind of the expectation I had for myself the entire Mm -hmm. year was to to keep up to that standard and really help propel the offense of Fairfield and and it just that was kind of the expectation I set and it kept I rolled through that season that whole time with that expectation so I didn't really have the idea of the draft in my mind. I knew I was eligible, but I didn't really think that that was going to be my year because technically, athletically, I was only a sophomore. Right. So I really didn't have that intention in my mind until about halfway through the year when I, I saw my numbers and I was starting to get some, some phone calls and my advisor reached out to me. And that was really when everything kind of hit me. So you get drafted, you're in summer ball. Uh, what's the next phase after that? Is, do you, you know, is, is the summer ball season over for you then, or do you go right back with the summer ball team or, or do you go, you know, to, to big league or not, not or, you know, professional camp or whatever? Yeah. So I was living with a host family in Newport. Um, I had gotten really close with that host family. So they 
they had a dinner for me that night after I got drafted. I had called the coaches, told them I got drafted. Um, and I had, I got a phone call from the scout. He said, Hey, I got drafted on Tuesday. And he said, well, I'll get you all the numbers tonight. He goes, if you agree with all the numbers, he goes, I'll get you a flight. You're coming down to Florida on Friday. So I had three, four days to get home, pack my stuff up and mm. get on a flight to go back to port, to go to Port St. Lucie. So I packed my stuff up, said my goodbyes to my host family and came home, unpacked, repacked. And I was on a flight on Friday. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Hey, going to Port St. Lucie for pro ball is a little more exciting than a summer in Newport, even though I'm sure Newport was fantastic and the host family was fantastic, but that that's awesome that they got you out there that quickly. Uh, so well, what was your first summer of pro baseball? Like was it was a meet your expectations or more than you expected. Yeah, it was. I get this question a lot. I was like, what was my expectations going down to Florida? And like, is everything I had, like, did it meet my expectations? And I really don't have the answer to that question because I've only had expectations of major league baseball. I never really mm-hmm. had any expectations of minor league baseball. So going down there, I was kind of like open to anything. I really didn't have like an image in my mind. Um, but when I did get down there, it was, it was a surreal experience being able to walk through the complex and seeing the multiple fields that they have all top of the line surfaces and mm-hmm. top of the line facilities, hitting uh, facilities, training facilities, and even the coaches, the all the coaches and staff, they're all top of the line people. They really do care about the players and, and they're there to make us better and make and really help us pursue our dreams of being big league baseball players. So it was uh like I said, it was a really surreal experience and it was, it's something I'm super excited to get back down to in February. Yeah. So uh, walk me through uh, a day in the life uh, of Justin Guerrero in the you know last summer. So the, I started off, we started off the summer um, in kind of a draft class um, practice session. So we had about two weeks of that. Okay. We would be at the, at the field for 7 a.m., We'd eat breakfast from seven to eight. We'd get some extra hitting in from eight to nine. We'd be out on the uh, on the field from nine to nine to ten, nine to eleven. We'd come back inside, hit again for another hour, hour and a half. We ate lunch. We'd lift till about two o'clock, and then we'd get on the bus back to the hotel. That was for about two weeks, and then once the uh, once we got introduced to playing games. Um, I started off in the complex league level. So it was kind of a similar schedule. It was uh, getting to the field around 7 a.m., eating breakfast till 8, getting your extra swings in 8 to 9. Uh, then we do the defensive work from 9 to about 10 or 11, eat lunch, and then we'd get back on the field for our pregame stuff around noon, 1 o'clock, played a game from 1 o'clock till 3, 4 o'clock, showered, got on the bus, and went home. So those first two weeks uh, when you're down there kind of doing like the, you call it like a, a draft class kind of thing, was Trey there too? I mean, obviously you're with the bats and, and he would be with the arms, but in Port St. Lucie? Yeah, every, Trey was at Port St. Lucie with me. So he was on the pitching pitching side. They were doing their PFPs and bullpens and arm care and stuff while we were on the field doing our defensive stuff and getting our slings in. So yeah, he was down there at the same time, just on a different field. 
That must have been cool, though, just to have, you know, somebody that you're familiar with, you know, going into your first, you know, experience with pro ball and not going into it like completely on your own. Right. I mean, did that help you kind of adjust to, to pro ball? Did you guys, you know, get to see each other outside of the field often? Yeah, it was nice because we were actually able to be roommates in, in oh, the hotel awesome. that, that we stayed at. So we kind of got to communicate afterwards and be like, oh, what'd you do today? What'd you think about it? Is this like what you thought it was going to be? And it was, it was nice to kind of have somebody to bounce ideas off of and be like, oh, this is what I'm working on. He's like, oh, this is what I'm working on. So this is what they're trying to introduce to me. So it was cool to have that person there that I was already pretty good friends with to communicate with and, and always bounce ideas off each other. Yeah, that's awesome. So now you're, you're done with your first summer of pro ball. Uh, I see you're doing lessons this off season, but, but what else is your like off season plan process? Are you back in Connecticut? I am back in Connecticut. I'm in my hometown in Watertown. Um, I am working out at a facility, Rob Dibble smash factory in Oxford. Okay. Um, so I work out there and I also do give lessons to kids. Um, at night. So I'm doing a typical day, kind of in my off season. I'll, uh, I get up around eight. I, I drive to North Haven to work with my tr uh, trainer that I've been with for five or six years now, um, Ned Simmerline. So he's, uh, he's in North Haven. I train with him 10 to about 1230, drive home, eat lunch. Then I head to the complex or to the hitting facility. Um, I'll hit, do my defensive work, do my lessons, head home and duty on the next day. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so on, you know, you're, you're in the, the minors for the Mets. Uh, are you paying attention to what they're doing on the, the big league side of things? Yeah, it's kind of hard not to. It's, uh, it's mm -hmm. definitely exciting to see the acquisitions that, that they, uh, they're getting, especially Max Scherzer. Yeah. Um, really getting a guy that get behind DeGrom and really support that pitching staff. Um, Starling Marte, um, He's a great acquisition for them. I know he's a big uh, Tater Bats guy, and though that I've known them for years since they started their company, um, I've been with them since day one when they started. So it's nice to to have another guy like him in the organization, an experienced veteran, who I have something in common with. Um, that maybe I'll get to meet in spring training if all goes well. Yeah, that would be really cool too. Uh, so yeah, what do you do with with Tater? Uh, so you you use their bats, obviously, I assume. Yep. So I when they started their bat company, I believe in 2014 or 15, um, I I was playing alongside one of the owners. Um, he was playing travel baseball. I was playing in the, for the same team as him. So I we knew each other through baseball, and his older brother, who also was part owner of the company was friends with my older brother. So we kind of been family friends for a while. Um, so he, they told me, they said, Hey, stop by, try out the bats. See, let me know what you think about it. And I, since day one, I've always loved the bats. I love the product that they bring and really just the message and the goal that they have for, for their, the image they have for their company. Um, it's really just, uh, they really do a great job in, in with the marketing aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're really doing things the right way. They, got into MLB the show within five years. Yeah. Um, and they pretty much have the whole Toronto Blue Jays staff using uh, tater bats. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see that how, how quickly they broke into the major league baseball game. Yeah. That's awesome. I see you doing like photo shoots with them and stuff on Instagram. That's, that's a pretty cool little gig you got going there on the side there. Yeah. It's, it's fun to, to hang out with the guys and 
they really meet it's I'm building connections with a bunch of other minor league players and guys mm. that are soon to be in the major leagues that they're also doing photo shoots and we're hanging out at the facility trading off ideas and it's really cool to to get that experience so going into next year uh do you have any idea where you'll be at or what what will have you doing yeah so as far as i know um i will be heading down to spring training last week of february um after spring training, that month of spring training i'll get assigned to an affiliate team and i'm my guess is that i'll go back to port st lucie uh, with the low a port st lucie mets Mm -hmm. that was right ended the season last year so that that's my thoughts as long as they like the way i progress this off season which i hope they do so i think i'll uh I'll finish up or I'll uh, start the season off at Port St. Lucie and the goal will be to get to the high A in, in Brooklyn by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Keep grinding, man. You're, you know, it's a slow ladder that you work your way up uh, and I'm super excited to see you represent CT uh, and definitely following along with everything that you're doing, uh, rooting for you. Uh, thank you for coming on and chatting with me. I'm sorry that Brad couldn't be here, but uh, it was really good to talk to you, and and I'd love to have you back on uh, whenever we get a chance to, you know, maybe next offseason get a little update on how you're doing, uh, but we'll definitely be following along and be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.